Chaim Shaharazani, and in the news, author Salman Rushdie's attempted assassination, and is the West about to reach a nuclear deal with Iran? Award-winning author Salman Rushdie is awake and articulate in his conversations with investigators as he remains hospitalized for severe injuries following the horrendous stabbing attack against him in Western New York. The attacker, Hadi Matar, only 24 years old, is a known sympathizer with the Iranian regime. All this while negotiations still continue between the West and the United States with the Islamic Republic of Iran regarding the regime's nuclear program. What is happening and what should we expect moving forward? To discuss this and so much more, we have the pleasure of speaking today with Mehdi Kalaji. Kalaji is the Libitsky Family Fellow at the Washington Institute. He is a native of Iran and has been a senior fellow at the Institute since 2005. His articles and analysis appear in outlets such as New York Times, The Washington Post, Foreign Policy, as well as various scholarly journals. His expertise is Arab and Islamic politics in Iran, and we are happy to have him with us on JBS. Mehdi, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. So let's first touch on the Rushdie attack. Mm. Um, what have been the reactions to this attack perpetrated on American soil in Iran? And how do you view the fact that the assailant wasn't even born when the Satanic Verses book was published? Yes. Um, first of all, it's a part of a greater plan to target um, both um, Iranian Americans in United States and also American officials. And this is what we have uh, read in official newspapers in uh, Iran and also the state uh, radio and TV, which is monopolized by the uh, government. So. Um, uh, uh, According to my, uh, some sources, there have been uh, something like 60 cases that Iran attempt to um, uh, actually target uh, individuals, uh, but uh, with no success. One of them was the uh, Saudi ambassador in, in Washington a few years ago, and uh, it was discovered by FBI and the, the plan was didn't um, work. Um, 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 there are many um, people who are accused of um, uh, being behind this kind of attack, and they are in prison and, you know, in uh, judiciary uh, process. So um, it's not something new, first of all. Second, um, the Iranian officials, like uh, Supreme Leader, President, and so on, um, didn't say anything. They just remained silent. Only the spokesman of the Ministry of um, Foreign Affairs said that no one should blame Iran for having any kind of role in this um, incident. However, uh, we have at least four important newspapers in Iran affiliated to the Supreme Leader himself and uh, to IRGC uh, who have reacted to uh, the, the, the terrorist attack immediately and uh, uh, very explicitly supported that. And they um, uh, admired the um, uh, Hadi Matar for following the order of Ayatollah Khomeini um, after 34 uh, years. And um, whether 
they you know they had the direct hand in, uh, in this um, incident or not doesn't make any difference you know the order comes from tehran the the uh, um, actually political and spiritual uh, support comes from tehran and also you know that the the um, one of the um, uh, government um, institution uh, called punzai uh, hordat foundation has um, allocated more than three million dollars right. for uh, anyone who uh, kill uh, 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 Rushdie or provide some information that lead to um, uh, their objective. So everything comes from Tehran and they cannot just you know deny any kind of uh, responsibility. Right. It's, it's amazing to see how these extremist ideologies continues to simmer and then erupt with a 24 year old in such a really ferocious and cruel manner. And that's a warning sign for all of us. I, I want to I want to mention something fascinating that you wrote. You drew a fascinating line between the Rushdie attack and the fatwa on Rushdie and the uh, fatwa that, uh, against him, and of course, the nuclear negotiations. Please, for the sake of our viewers who are yet to read that beautiful piece, please explain to us that connection, that equivalence between the two. Yeah, you know, in Iran, um, in, in, I mean, in the legal system and political system of Iran, uh, the only source of legislation is the parliament. So um, um, on the paper, it is true that the supreme leader has the absolute authority and he has some exclusive um, uh, uh, um, uh, authorities on many important things, but he cannot legislate any law or he cannot make his fatwa as a law. Uh, except in the state of emergency, when there is something unusual happening, so he can suspend both Sharia law and uh, the country's constitution. So the supreme leader or the ruling jurist is religiously authorized to, to undermine religion. That's the, that's the uh, uh, irony about it. Right. So Ayatollah Khomeini uh, uh, was on his, I mean, a few months before he died, the, the country was in a very um, special situation. It was the end of, um, or oh, Iran signed the uh, uh, UN um, uh, resolution for uh, uh, ceasefire with, after eight years of war with Iraq. Uh, Iran had no money whatsoever. They, uh, the economy was totally corrupt. That's why they uh, signed the ceasefire uh, um, um, resolution. So, um, and they had the crisis of um, amending the constitution, and also they had dismissed the um, successor of Khomeini, who was appointed three years earlier. And Khomeini um, physically was very frail and most of time unconscious. So they needed to create a big crisis uh, to distract both Iranian people and international community from many uh, important uh, um, uh, challenges they faced. So all out of nowhere, because Khomeini doesn't speak English and Khomeini does not read any literature, even novel in Farsi, in Persian. So, no, and it was not 
translate. No one knows how this happened. And what is interesting is that Khomeini, uh, usually when he issues a fatwa, it's uh, the written version, they publish it. But uh, we just have hear, heard that through radio, that's it. There is no uh, a written um, uh, document about that. So there is no written document about his no. Rushdie fatwa? No, no. And that's exceptional because we have the all documents uh, 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 published by the center founded uh, um, um, by his um, family, but um, not this one. That, that, that's actually one of the common characteristics between Rushdie fatwa and nuclear fatwa. And for nuclear fatwa, also how many it just um, spelled out and just spoke about that. He didn't provide any written document that this is his fatwa. Um, he first, uh, he said in a, in a um, um, I think, um, Muslim summit conference in Tehran, and then other people um, just claim on his behalf. The, the um, interesting uh, uh, um, aspect of the story is that when Khomeini died, they needed to uh, normalize the relationship with Europe. Because right. of the, so Europe said that you have to um, actually cancel this fatwa, and you have to um, uh, make all uh, give all the guarantees that you would not encourage anyone uh, to uh, actually uh, implement this fatwa. The, the Iranian government said that we cannot. That's that's um, for our face. Let us use the fatwa in our uh, propaganda and talk about that. But on private, we promise you that uh, we won't do anything as a government. Right. Why? How? They found they created a formula for that. They said Khomeini had two kind of um, uh, 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 actually legal. Uh, uh, responsibility. He was uh, a major a religious authority and the leader of the country. Right. That fatwa was issued by Khomeini as Madra, as Mufti. But um, we are not Mufti. Uh, we are just the uh, leader of the country. It has nothing to do with the government itself. So right. they succeeded to, uh, succeeded to deceive uh, especially Europeans, and they accepted, and you know, uh, uh, they uh, resumed the relationship. When it came a few years later, when it came to um, um, a nuclear fatwa, um, Iran had nothing to provide in order to um, actually buy the trust of Westerners, because they have cheated uh, many times. Right. Um, um, uh, 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 international inspectors, they had the covert, uh, uh, you know, operations and, and facilities. So they, there was nothing to uh, provide and say that we are not going to militarize the uh, nuclear pro program. That's why Khomeini issued the fatwa and said, uh, I am, we are religious, the government is religious. Uh, and the legitimacy of uh, uh, the political system is religious. So if we say something um, in, in religious um, uh, framework, we are going to be committed to that. This is Obviously, 
Europeans did not believe them. So they tried to uh, make the document uh, actually um, um, a UN document, but they took it to UN. They, they tried to legalize somehow that document. It, it didn't go anywhere. But the interesting thing is that they said something which was totally against the previous formula. Right. If he's Mufti, and he's um, uh, both Mufti and the leader of the country, so we have to separate these two right. dimensions of the, So, uh, I mean, the world, uh, Europeans and Americans especially, uh, found out that they are really uh, um, deceiving. Right. Um, uh, so, um, Actually, I think nuclear fatwa never was uh, believed in in the West, um, as um, Reagan said that we trust but verify. So right. that was the, um, uh, I mean, the way um, 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 Western uh, government dealt with Iran. But they, uh, the, uh, the, another thing which is, which was very interesting was um, Kharazi. Kharazi is um, the um, advisor of the Supreme Leader. And, and former uh, Minister of Foreign Affairs. Something about a month ago, he um, had a very unusual interview. But usually, he's not a man of you know media. He just you know preferred to uh, remain behind the curtain. Right. But in an unusual occasion, he said that if we want to make a bomb, we can. And no one can stop that, which means that he didn't mention fatwa. Exactly. He didn't say, it said that there is a religious constraint for that. Right. He said Americans, and no one can uh, stop us from that. That shows uh, this um, uh, um, uh, contradicting our inconsistent right. uh, behavior from Iran. It's, and, a, it's a fascinating point, Mehdi, to show that one fatwa is religious on Rushdie and has nothing to do with government, and another fatwa about the nuclear is everything about government, so you have to, you have to trust us. But I want to ask you, when it comes to the um, nuclear negotiations, what are, what's your estimate? Do you think there is going to be an agreement with Iran from your perspective? I think um, it might be an agreement. The, the problem with Iran always was the uh, question of trust. Right. And um, uh, Iran is, um, look, I think based on what we uh, read in, in political science, I define Iranian government a totalitarian government. In totalitarian systems, uh, the uh, decision makers, especially the supreme leader, he doesn't make decision based on the cost effect uh, 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 calculation. So that's why it's always unpredictable. I mean, for uh, the Iranian officials, it's unpredictable what would be to his uh, decision tomorrow. He changes his uh, policy, his um, tactics, uh, tactics on um, even because he micromanages the country on very small issues. For example, the uh, Corona, um, the COVID-19 um, um, uh, vaccination. Hmm? He changed his um, views on whether we have to import it, we, uh, whether we are uh, going to import from Europe, 
uh, or from elsewhere, or we, we are going to uh, produce uh, our own vaccination. So he made everyone confused, and he does. And on the other hand, he never um, uh, take any responsibility for anything he does or any decision he, he makes while he wants all the authority. So that's why uh, people talk on his behalf. We don't know whether he says is truly what he means or not. So um, crazy thing can, can happen as happened before, uh, but uh, the country is under a severe pressure, economic pressure. Uh, there is a massive corruption in, in the um, um, economy, systematic corruption, which was um, intentionally created in order to bypass the sanctions. So they are now entangled in this uh, uh, network, I mean, gigantic network of uh, uh, corruption. They cannot uh, um, do anything about that. and. They have mismanagement and look at the president. The, the president, he just finished um, elementary school. Can you believe that? Yeah. Huh. Elementary school. Elementary. So that's it. When he talks, he is not able to uh, pronounce very ordinary words in a correct way. I mean, he's below the average Iranian uh, uh, ordinary people. Right. He is totally ignorant about economy, and he says a stupid um, things about economy. Uh, and um, they have this illusion that uh, um, the more we resist against the West, uh, the better deal we can make with Right. That's that's the idea. So um, that's why uh, they are not in rush, despite the fact that they need to uh, actually uh, make some uh, sanctions lifted. But they don't rush, and there, I think there is um, some sort of uh, differences within the revolutionary guard. There is no consensus about um, how to um, uh, proceed in the negotiation. And right. I, uh, if I, miss, the final, I the final decision rests with the supreme leader? Yes, yes. And the funny thing is that the head of the negotiators, Ali Bagheri Kani, the guy was against JCPOA before he come, he becomes the head of negotiators. He was the, one of the outspoken opponents of JCPOA for many years. And the funny thing is that during this um, period of his responsibility, he, he hesitated to use the word JCPOA. So you can imagine how ridiculous the, the, the situation is, you know? Um, it's, like a, it's like the usual vague curtain on the side of the regime. Exactly. And, and even though it's unexpected, I want to ask you one very important question. There is so much more going on um, with Iran than just nuclear. Iran is a regional destabilizer. It poses a risk to moderates everywhere. It's active in Iraq, Syria, Lebanon, Gaza, Yemen, all the way to South America. We know, you know, a nuclear deal is going to mean 
a flow of much wealth into the hands of the regime. Exactly. Wealth, which we unfortunately know where it's going to be headed to. Exactly. How do you see a solution to this? Should, should, should it, the uh, nuclear issue be discussed alone? Should we discuss the package deal, human rights, LGBTQ? How do you see this uh, situation with Iran? Look, um, as long as Iran feels that there is no price for whatever he does, uh, he feels free to uh, uh, um, continue his aggressive uh, um, attitude in, in the region. And as I said, it's a totalitarian system. The, in the totalitarian system, uh, the, uh, t- the terror uh, is one of the main pillars of the power. So they terrorize uh, uh, both Iranian nation and the world. And uh, for Khamenei, having power is uh, to look more threatening and having power to destruct. So uh, they have just the destructive power. Uh, even as Immanuel Kant says, the evil is self-destructive. Even they destroyed, at the end, they destroy it themselves. So um, the, uh, we need something much more than just an agreement on the paper with Iran. We need to, uh, I mean, the international community need to uh, mobilize and uh, create one uh, um, united front against this uh, source of uh, threat for the security and uh, peace, not only in region, as we say, it, they globalized the terror and uh, they have all kind of relationship with um, all kind of uh, Islamic and non-Islamic uh, radical organizations from Latin America to uh, uh, Malaysia and Indonesia. So they are everywhere. And don't forget that they say that we are Muslim, but they are a mafia. And their the pattern of uh, working operation, uh, both on the military operation and, and financial operation, is totally like mafia. They are involved both inside Iran and outside Iran in any kind of illegal right. uh, trade. So from, we've, seen, we've seen the criminal activity in Lebanon with Hezbollah, with drugs. Exactly. exactly. In, in, um, uh, in Latin America, they, they are in drug deals. Uh, in um, uh, Africa, they are in uh, 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 making other kind of um, uh, illegal activities. I mean, this is a really big deal. And the world should take it seriously. I, I think so far, we did not uh, um, feel this responsibility. And it's not just um, 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 a military or security um, measures that we have to uh, think about. We have to think about the soft war too. Right. Don't forget that they have a uh, huge uh, 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 propaganda apparatus um, uh, for outside Iran. Can you believe that Iranian government, now, in addition to um, whatever they have uh, in, in, I mean, the media inside, you know, the radio and TV is monopolized by right, the government. They have 127 uh, satellite TV in different languages. Wow. 127 different. Yes. Wow. So they spent a, 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 a fortune to just communicate with you. And 
they, they, they it works. If you go to um, Lebanon in, in the Iraqi um, in the suburb of uh, the, the I mean the where um, uh, Hezbollah uh, lives, uh, they have a huge building just for their uh, uh, Al Alam TV, and they produce um, entertainment uh, from music to uh, you know a TV series. You know, we, just because, um, Mr. Kalaji, just because our time is short, I want to mention one more thing and ask you about this. In all of this, I think we should not forget also about the Persian people, the Iranian people, exactly. many of whom are suffering under the boot of this regime. Do you look back at the Green Revolution as a missed opportunity? Um, look, the totalitarian system, historically, they cannot um, be uh, toppled by revolution. So we don't have any historical example of such um, um, political regimes that um, uh, uh, changed with people from inside. They have either uh, collapsed from inside or they uh, were collapsed by foreign um, 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 enemy, like uh, the Hitler uh, in, in uh, Germany. So um, I don't believe that in Iran, uh, neither reform nor a revolution is possible. One of the reasons is that the government has no limit for using violence. So right. people come Even to, through the passage. Uh, the government, uh, you know, it's not like a, a classic dictatorship, like Shah before revolution. Shah was not able to kill that much people. So people could come to street and do demonstrations and uh, uh, um, uh, change the, re the regime. In, in case of Islamic Republic, it's brutal. They have no um, uh, 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 limit for using all kinds of uh, uh, um, uh, violence. For example, three years ago, uh, some people came to the street and they had very specific um, um, tangible economic demand, not democracy, human rights. They killed more than 1,700 people. That's wow. too much, only in one month. So uh, people cannot just you know, risk their life. On the other hand, there is no organization, nothing. Therefore, I think the international community has a very exceptional responsibility to help Iranian people and by um, uh, uh, establishing a democratic um, uh, government in its place, uh, make the whole world more secure. So I, I think it's not only about Iranians, uh, uh, it's uh, about the region and it's about the world. Right. I couldn't agree with you more, Mr. Kalaji. And thank you so much for all of your words of wisdom. We have learned a lot from you today. You're welcome. Thank you. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining us on JBS, Mr. Kalaji, and for your insights and analysis. These are of great help in understanding the complexities of today's Middle East in general and Iran and the nuclear negotiations in particular. Much, much appreciated and hope to see you much more on JBS in the future. And to all of you, our viewers, I'd like to thank you all for watching. And to all I say, stay safe and stay healthy. I'd like to thank our director, Sloan Copeland, JBS's managing director, Dara Golob, our technical manager, Michael Paley, transmission manager, John McDevitt, and to our wonderful producer of In the News,
Carol Lilienthal. For JBS, I'm Shachar Azani. Until next time, see you soon. Shalom and Leitraum.